2: This
3: is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast.
0: Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 479 for January 26th, 2021. Ryan McCaffrey with you alongside the usual crew. Mostly, we'll get to that right now. Miranda Sanchez, hi. Happy
1: Tuesday, or whatever. You're listening,
0: Yeah. Is the cat... Is the, hold up the cat. We need, to okay. have, we need to a little... She's,
1: she's going to get angry, but get ready. <laughs> Here's wife, a if you're fluff. To
0: audio, you got to watch on video. Oh, goodness. Is my fluff
1: she's so puffy. And if you're oh, watching the video, you can also girl. actually see my other cat behind me.
0: Oh, yeah. just oh, uh, They're like, chilling. my... PS5 would be if I... Yeah! <laughs> uh, Brandon Tyrell, is Penny around? Do we have a check-in from Penny?
3: Uh, Pe- <laughs> first of all, good morning. Good uh, morning. Bam! Because Destin's <laughs> no longer with us uh, for, the, for the foreseeable future. He's uh, not now, Penny has her best friend over, and they are currently destroying toys in the living room. Nice. I uh, walked out to get coffee, and it was just a graveyard of fluff, so... <laughs> <laughs> And and the longer wanna... the, the longer this episode goes, the this the longer I have to clean it up. So let's let's do a long one today.
0: You got it. Uh, and I want to welcome our uh, permanent fill-in, which of course doesn't make any sense, but now very kindly joining us for the next few months while Destin Legary's out on paternity leave. Uh, our friend Cam Hawkins, welcome
2: back, sir. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me back for the, uh, like such an incredible opportunity. Uh, you know, I. Um, Again, like I've said it on the show, I'm pretty sure I I say it on like social media, like I'm a big Unlocked fan. I've listened to it like going on. It feels like maybe 10 years now, (laughs) like just absurd amount of time. And uh, it's uh, just an honor to be here. And I'm very humbled by it. Thank you. Well, you came dressed for the
0: part today, which I appreciate. Love that! That's uh, that. That's from the Xbox collection, right? They're like official. Yeah, it's like
2: the gradient sphere T-shirt yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's a
0: really cool. Team. Yeah, looking good. And we uh, we already last time you were here, we we went over your insane backdrop and the the incredible collection that's going on behind you. If you're listening on audio, you got to yeah. just you got to at least just check in on video for this one on <laughs> YouTube.com/slash IGN unlocked. Uh, now, is your puppy nearby? Or, or oh, yeah, right there. <laughs>
2: She, no, no, she no. isn't. No, she's not nearby. Well, Daisy won't come in the room during the podcast anymore either.
0: Because <laughs> I, I have to close the window shade for the glare. And that's where she likes to just sit and look out the window. So now she just, I guess she, she takes her anger out on me by, by just leaving the room for the podcast. But, so you
1: guys just got to get some cats. I have them all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Daisy would love that. My cat allergy would not. No, Exactly. Happen. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Same, same energy. Yep. Anyway, uh, let's get to Podcast Unlocked here, IGN's weekly Xbox show. There is a lot to cover this week, and uh, we so you know Destin's already missing out. You know how he's he's chosen to <laughs> how be dare a, he become a father, a new oh, dad no. I'm gonna miss the news games. unlocked. Let me cuddle my <laughs> baby. Oh my goodness! No, we we wish him and his wife the best. I know we're still we're still waiting for the news as of recording this. So uh, hopefully we'll have we'll have a good update for you guys on that front next week.
1: What if it happens but, during unlocked? That's, well, maybe yeah. We, maybe we maybe go, we'll go now Texas to a live like feed
0: from. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go live to the delivery room. <laughs> Destin, and it'll be like, bam, the baby's out. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by bam, bam. Oh no, bam. <laughs> oh, good. Oh. All right. Um, I, the one sort of just point I wanted to bring up real quick is you might be listening to this going, are you going to be talking about the medium? Cause that's like the first big Xbox next gen exclusive at all. It's first big Xbox game of the year. No, we will not be talking about the medium just simply because, uh, the embargo gods as usual did not smile upon us. The review embargo for the medium, uh, which is the game on my screen behind me, just the screenshot there is, uh, the review embargo is after this show posts. So we will talk about it next week, and that means you three, the unlocked crew. Your homework is to play the medium between now and next week's show because it is. We're definitely going to want to talk about it. Uh, I, I will say I've started it, but that's I can't say anything more than that. I'm not reviewing it, obviously. I'd have finished it by now if I was. But look forward to some chat on the medium next week. News-wise, let's get to it now. This this was. Unquestionably, the big story. Uh, this was just wild, and uh, I don't want to talk too much because I want to get the discussion going with all of you. But you probably saw if you if you were on if you were plugged into the community at all on Friday, you definitely heard about this. You probably had a pretty strong reaction to it. So, doing the typical like Friday bad news dump, Microsoft <laughs> announced on Friday morning that Xbox Live Gold would be doubling in price uh, on, a, uh, on an annual basis, going from 60 bucks a year to 60 bucks every six months. Uh, and I believe it was $11 for one month, 30 for three, I believe. So <laughs> needless to say, this did not go over well uh, here in the middle of a pandemic, uh, just such a drastic price increase. Um, that's enough for me. I want to get get take me back to where you were when you first heard this on Friday, Miranda. I'm going to go your way first.
1: I saw it at first. I was like, "Oh man, everyone seems so angry. What's happening?" I was like, "What? Why would you double your praise like that? That's wild." I think, especially just with Xbox Live Gold, there's it feels like an obligation right like if you don't have game pass ultimate you're paying for it because you want to be able to be online um uh, games with gold still is rolling around like we we do get some good games every now and then but ultimately games pass is the one that we look to to have like the access to all the games and so it feels a little less exciting so it's more of just like again an obligation to pay it so that i can be online rather than like an excitement for anything other than being able to get online like a, like like a utility
0: like like paying yes. your internet bill right
1: exactly that and so suddenly saying hey um sorry but we're doubling this it's just <laughs> <laughs> excuse me <laughs> not even just like some slow incremental thing just flat out doubled uh no
0: yeah, <laughs> Cam Hawkins. When uh, Friday morning, what did what? What was your reaction when you saw this?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually have a lot to to say about this because I I really like thought about the nitty gritty of of everything. Um, so like when I when I woke up and I was checking Twitter, saw like the news uh, already broke out and everyone was really upset. And my first like kind of response was confusion. And the reason why I say that is, like, I think, you know, base level, we can say that price going up, especially during a pandemic, just for anything, just genuinely, generally sucks. Like, it sucks when things go up in price. Um, And we know that, like, you know, following later that day, Microsoft reversed it, Xbox reversed it, and also now uh, free-to-play games are free-to-play. You don't need gold to play, like, Fortnite, Warzone, things like that. Mm But but before that, I just like just looking in the nitty gritty, I was just thinking about why would they do this? Uh, and for me, the way I saw it was, I feel like in the past year or so, the a big like kind of conversation that we've had is just like Game Pass has so much value for $15. But and but like, we know that at some point, this price is going to have to go up. Because it's just like, so like you know like with the deals that they make for other uh developers to like launch games on day past day one especially a lot of indie titles you know i know that microsoft is a trillion dollar company at this point but xbox still only gets so much money you know sure and so so for me it was just like this seemed like the best alternative like the best option in a bad situation if that makes sense because to me, there was like three possibilities they could have done. They could have raised the price of just Game Pass and just been like, Game Pass is more expensive now. Right. And You're referring, kept- by
0: the way, to Game Pass Ultimate, which
2: is... Ulti- Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, yeah Ultimate yes,
0: includes gold. Regular $10 yeah. a month
2: Game Pass does not. Correct, yes. Game Pass Ultimate. And, um, and they could just done that, which they don't want to do. They want to keep it as cheap as possible. Then they could have... Or they could have just removed gold altogether. Like, you have to buy... If you want gold you have to subscribe to ultimate and that would not have gone well either so to me the best case scenario of what they could have done to keep this value for game pass at 15 dollars was to up the price of gold and i understand that people definitely could have seen that and you know i think to a degree it is true that they are trying to push people into subscribing to game pass ultimate because like it's like now oh instead of a five dollar difference it's a $4 difference, uh, if you pay monthly, that is. So for, for me, I was just like, well, I also feel like that most people that do subscribe to get gold, get, you know, gold specifically, w- pay at a monthly basis. So, like, I know that the, the bundles doubling in price was huge. But if you subscribe monthly, it's just an extra $12 a year at the end of the day. Um, and I, you know, and again, more money is more money, and that sucks. But I, I just I just feel like there was there is a reason as to why they did this. And now that they kind of double backed on it and put gold back to ten dollars uh, a month and the in the, you know, the normal prices for the three, uh, the three month, six month, 12 month, that I think that sooner than we were originally it was originally planned, we're going to see an increase in Game Pass Ultimate for monthly prices.
0: Brandon Tyrell, uh, not the best Friday for Microsoft.
3: (laughs) There have been better, I think, for sure. Um, Yeah, we're already pretty deep down the rabbit hole, so I guess. I I saw Xbox Live trending on Friday morning and was like, oh, Xbox Live games with gold have been announced. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, And quickly realized that that was not the case, so... Uh, similar to cam my first was my first reaction was one of confusion i was just like all right what is everyone up in arms about because you can pretty quickly gather sentiment based on well you know what people are tweeting um and it wasn't good so you know after digging a little bit seeing the price hike uh my my initial reaction is like well that's not good like that's that's just a very that's very tone deaf to the current situation going on um and you know i think in hindsight now we all see that and they see that um Strangely though, my first thought was, "Oh, cool! They're trying—they're trying to drive subscribers to Game Pass Ultimate. Like that's—that's that's what the goal of this was. Because, like, Cam, like Cam says, I—I don't—I don't know if I agree that a price increase for Ultimate is coming, but I know they can definitely offset that cost by converting gold subscribers to Game Pass Ultimate, right? And it seemed like bringing those two prices closer to parity uh, is. <laughs> I could, I honestly, I could see the whole thing unfolding, right? Like a guy sitting behind a spreadsheet saying, "Like, well, I, I mean, if there's only a five dollar difference, why wouldn't you subscribe for Ultimate? It's, it's, it's so much more value for just five dollars." Um, and on paper, yeah, that checks out. But you know, you're you're forgetting a large, a large portion of the demographic that doesn't actually subscribe to Game Pass. They use Xbox Live Gold. Um, and strangely enough, like. Gold has gotten a free pass for a long time about charging for an online service to play games that are free, right? Like Fortnite. Yeah. Um and that I was I was again a little confused because like this has just been I guess grandfathered in. It's been an artifact of the service for so long and now people are, you know, we're voicing concern and up in arms about it. Um rightfully so, right? Like th- there's no reason for that when you have competitors who are you know, offering free games for free with their online service. So um, my, my initial reaction was just, you know, this is, this is very, very bad uh, from an optics standpoint. And, and for the end consumer, I understand why they did it right to try to convert. But um, as we all saw, you know, pretty quickly, I think everyone caught wise to just what a, what a really bad way to go about that it was.
0: And I, and I think a lot of the shock at, that we all <laughs> went through from this news is yes. ...and doing for the last few years of, of really putting gamers first. This just seemed like the, the opposite of that. So it seemed very out of character for them. Uh, Miranda, would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's out of line for them to need to raise prices for whatever reason. Nobody wants that. But right. if they're like, we've seen Netflix and other places that have subscription service slowly incrementally increase those prices. And that would make the most sense, not just flat out double like overnight, um, which obviously not exactly overnight, but just saying that you're going to do that without a lot of explanation as to why is, is really tough. Um, and again, they just, the circumstances around it just felt even worse um, but I am glad that they did roll that back, that they have a lot of uh, feedback and that are making better changes for it. So a mistake did lead to better things at least. Um, as far as like free-to-play games being truly free, that is a big deal. And I don't know, like for me personally, I actually buy my gold year per year. I don't do a month-by-month basis. So I actually go back to... Uh, <laughs> I, I pay for Game Pass Ultimate now rather than doing gold just because it made more sense yeah. for me and yeah. for, for work and such. But... Uh, so I, I know i'm will used to be that person that would wait for the deals on the on the cards for a year to go <laughs> sure.
3: me, know. me too yeah. yeah yeah
1: so i think um i don't i don't know I, I think if if you had to suddenly wait for those for it to be anywhere close to like what you would have paid just normally would have been a bit better i think but um again that's not the reality we live in anymore and it's good to see that they did adjust quickly This
0: week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country. Xbox Live Gold has not seen a price increase since 2010. It's wow. been a full decade. It started in 2002 as at as a $49.99 a year, and it went up to $59.99 in 2010. So even that was eight years, and then there hadn't been an increase, and now technically there still hasn't been an increase since. So, yeah, you're totally right, Ryan. It's like, you can, it's under, increasing costs is understandable you mentioned netflix but but yeah just like going for the going for the rip the (laughs) band-aid approach in one fell swoop of like we're doubling this like "Whoa." (laughs) whoa whoa guys what the heck particularly i mean yes microsoft financials exist by themselves but in the context of the community this stuff is does not happen in a vacuum i mean you've got playstation plus with your chief competitor that's still at 60 bucks and you've got a company Microsoft that's they've got a little bit of a fresh start i mean this is kind of a not generations aren't really fresh starts anymore like they used to be but you've got Microsoft trying to win back some of the market share that they lost in the Xbox 1 generation and this just seems like a really you know this was going to be a really dumb way to try to like Really guys, Are you, you really think you're gonna lure in more people by having your online service be double what your main competitor costs? So uh, yeah, so the, the, the part two here, of course, as we've already been alluding to is on Friday evening. So it was just before 9 p.m. So 6 a.m. the price increase is announced just before 9 p.m. Pacific time. About 15 hours later, Microsoft posts a blog Uh, Let's see, I think I... Yeah, here we go. I did include the quote here. They posted a blog update saying, We messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience. Free-to-play games will truly be free, and you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on Xbox. We are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. So in a roundabout dark way, (laughs) this ended up being a net positive, right, Brandon? Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean i guess i guess you could call it a net positive for minus, us not
0: for microsoft
3: for sure minus the you know 12 hours of of backlash um yeah I, look it's weird like this whole situation is weird and uh <laughs> i i'm glad we ended up here don't like how we got here but you know it's they always say it's the journey, not the destination, but I think we have to invert that this time around. Uh, and, and just really appreciate where we all ended up and forget that like this was almost a very bad, like to the tune of like TV, 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 bad optics. Uh, um, yeah. So, you know, appreciate the uh, appreciate the quick reversal. Obviously everyone was freaking out. Obviously everyone was working incredibly hard. Shout out to Microsoft's, you know, uh, decision makers their comms team you know this was a friday night and it kind of i don't know if we're going to save it but it, it it does skirt into the whole talking point that we've seen about you know it, it, there's this weird conspiracy theory that it was all planned so good guy microsoft could show up at the end and there's just <laughs> like, no are no so thing. there there are so many ways that you can refute that uh Least, least of all the fact that all of these people were working at 9 p.m. on a Friday night. Like if you think they plan a marketing reversal to make themselves look good that goes that stretches into the start of the weekend, you're crazy. Like I have a picture of Bigfoot riding the Loch Ness Monster in the Bermuda Triangle that I would love to sell you uh, yeah. if, you're, if you subscribe to this conspiracy theory. So it, it is not it's, – it's silly. It's very this is silly.
0: yeah, this is not Aaron Greenberg playing 4D chess. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> cosmic, cosmic
3: brain. Okay, what if we get all of our staff to work till 10 p.m. on? Friday? Right.
0: <laughs> like Aaron's a smart guy. He's been in his his position for many years. But yeah, I, this was definitely I can assure you this was not some sort of like pre-planned thing. Um but yeah, on that note, Cam, you have to imagine that that Phil Spencer and the and the higher-ups were we're in some unexpected meetings on Friday <laughs> afternoon and, and into Friday evening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm still like kind of thinking about uh, what you guys were talking about earlier with the, you know, the, the price jump thing. Cause, cause I like, I know this is a, like, this is obviously an unpopular opinion, but for me, I kind of like would have preferred a, a, a straight up price jump instead of a, like a casual like rise. Cause you know, the, just the amount of drawback that this one got. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just feel like getting the jump would have, uh, like, I would be more okay with because it's just like it's just ripping the bandaid. It's like I, I, I don't know. I tune more to that philosophy, I guess. Just like it's done. It's a one-time thing, and you shouldn't expect it any time in the foreseeable future at all. But yeah. But with with Phil uh, with Phil Spencer, uh, like, you know, obviously Phil Spencer is just like I love that guy. Um, I, uh, I think that he is very attuned to what you know we're looking for like what xbox uh as a platform needs to be to to stand out because like you know game pass obviously is a very great thing that they exclusively offer but like they you know there's there's still progress you know there's there's a long long progress still that uh to to get that like pro-consumer uh viewpoint from from players like i, I talked to some people on twitter you know as well about everything and and even and they like they're like i've never thought that microsoft or xbox was pro consumer like i don't you know they like they get too much goodwill like right now i'm like i don't know what you you want from them then like you know <laughs> but they're, they've they just consistently been being about the players about making xbox whether you're playing on console pc Cloud, like the best experience that they can give and I don't know. I, I, um, I'm glad that Phil Spencer, like you know, was able to uh, just immediately was like, "All right, let's just fix this and you know, and move on from there."
0: Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Like they, even though it this was a self inflicted wound on mm-hmm. Microsoft's part, they they do get credit for addressing it quickly. I mean, this kind of we've we've seen this as well, like with with Halo. I mean, they it they had to swallow a lot of pride to. I mean, I know, yes, you could. There's, there are certainly business reasons why they did it, but you know, it, it did take a, a large swallowing of pride to, to push Halo out from, yep. from launch last year. Like that's, you know, there's, there, there's a complicated decision, and, and I'm not sure every company would have made it, but um, it's, it's interesting I've, that you bring up, Cam, uh, that you, you wouldn't necessarily have a problem with a, with a price increase, because I had a, a similar thought. I will tell you guys one thing there is a circumstance under which I would happily pay more for Xbox Live Gold. And I've, I believe I've said this on the podcast before, but probably not in a while. I don't know if anybody remembers this. I still have mine. This is my Xbox Live diamond card. I guess I should cover up the number, not that it really matters because the program's dead. But I don't think that's going <laughs> to poke it. There it goes. Oh, so cool. A yeah. card. It's
1: so cool. It's so cool.
0: <laughs> Now, this was for like getting discounts at certain retailers and things but but the reason I bring this up is so you have xbox Live gold this was xbox Live Diamond. <laughs> I have long wanted a premium tier xbox Live online service where I could pay more, and basically it was like a where everybody would pay more and you had to be vetted uh meaning like your any any like complaints against you in online games would you know, you would be held against you and you might not be let in. And if you're, if you're a dick in, in a game, you know, if you racked up enough complaints, you would be booted out of the service, but you would only be, you know, if this were a new Xbox live diamond or let's call it Xbox live platinum it'd basically be, it's a bunch of people that are paying more and you're going to get a quality experience without people, just being a holes on on Xbox, on online in your games, like which by the way, that's how Xbox Live was in the very beginning. Uh, the, <laughs> if I could get in a time machine for to go back and experience old gaming things, like I would go back to the Rock Band days. Mm-hmm. I would go back. Uh, another one I would want to go back to is the the early Halo Two days and the early Xbox Live uh, days were great days because. Not that there weren't bad people, you know, there weren't, uh, there were trolls on there, but they were few and far between. Like most people in the very early days were there because they really wanted to be there. You could, you know, people would strategize with you. Like it was real. Like it was a, it really was like this utopian online thing. Everybody had broadband. Everybody had a microphone. Everybody was cool and wanted to be there. It was great. So if there, (laughs) if Xbox wants to, if Microsoft wants to raise prices, on Xbox Live Gold. Give me that. Give me Especially
1: a paying for premium matchmaking. Yes,
0: give me a premium <laughs> membership where I'm only matched up uh, with other fellow premium subscribers. And if you're a dick, you get kicked out and of that <laughs> tier. So Would
1: you would you be worried about some of the skill-based matchmaking that would get messed up because of essentially parsing these Player bases even further. Like, I think that's a problem with some games too. Is like the, as the game ages, as people from that initial wave of like, I guess like the launch players essentially kind of dissipate, they go play other games. Um, you have harder times with matchmaking because there are fewer player bases. So they have to start like either rotating maps or just doing other things. Do you think that would contribute to that problem even more?
0: Brando, why do you have to go and bring <laughs> up good points and make sense? Can't you just let me have yeah. this?
1: No. I think, <laughs> if anything, if, if that were to come to pass, my only wish was that if you were queuing with someone who was with that premium membership that you got their benefits too. Because <laughs> I mean, I guess it would say like if there's like one member in your lobby who has like that little, little market that says I'm paying more for the service. <laughs> well, then you all but, benefit from it. I don't but, know, then,
0: but then their work. behavior is on you, right? As the, as the, as the, as the premium subscriber. So if they if they're being dicks, then it's, it gets held against, held against you. Well, so I think this could be- work.
1: You know what, we'll what would have been even better though. What if they just fix matchmaking so that people who do get a lot of reports or have bad behavior just don't get good cues anymore? <laughs> what if we nice. just fix it instead of having to get paid more? Well, the, also, so. what if online memberships were free because <laughs> they are already paying for internet anyway? That's Damn, a whole other ahead. discussion. Yeah, Please. yeah.
2: So, so uh, I have a, I actually have a friend who like is just very like not about Game Pass. Like he thinks it's a cool thing, but it's just like not for him. And so I asked, like I was talking to him about it. I was just like, "What do you like? What do you think about this situation?" And he said, "Like what he would have like pr- preferred in general, similar to what you're saying, Ryan, uh, is a is a like a middle, t- like something between Xbox Live uh, Gold and Xbox or and Game Pass Ultimate, where it is more or less you get gold, but then you also get like a small catalog of what Game Pass has to offer." Uh, as a as a middle ground, um, so like so when you say like uh, you know you wanted something like kind of like an upgraded gold, like I mean, you know there are other people that like seemingly would be down for that idea, uh, just m- more the specifics of what comes with it.
0: Well, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Certainly, Cam earlier with this this certainly was seemingly a pretty thinly veiled effort to drive more people to Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, but again, kudos to Microsoft. They did roll this back. They uh, they got it right, even after they had to shoot themselves in the foot first. Um, but then they drove themselves to the hospital and got it got it bandaged up. The doctor's like, "Don't do that." Again.
3: <laughs> came back stronger.
0: So, yeah, I came. But yes, and at least we did get uh, a a long time wrong got righted out of this in the end, which was as Miranda was talking about with the uh, free to play multiplayer games. No longer will require, although that's that hasn't been implemented yet. So we still need to kind of hold Microsoft accountable on that. We don't have a date for when I. That's probably because they literally had to decide it in a in a moment on Friday, uh, without you know. So they're I'm sure it'll be soon. They're not. I don't. I don't think they're going to just leave it hanging out there for months and months. But that was good to see. Okay, so that's normally that would be like the big topic of the week, but there's something else. Now, this is just a rumor, but this, uh, be still my heart, uh, a rumor is out there that a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is in development that it, and that it's by someone other than EA or Bioware. Hmm. So now we know that Star Wars games are in development at, at non-EA studios. We got the uh, the Ubisoft massive studio announcement that we talked about on last week's show. Now, this was reported by VGC, and this latest rumor comes courtesy of a credited Star Wars insider, the Bespin Bulletin, who spoke on a recent podcast. And uh, the episode, is uh, that what was said on here is that it's said to be in development outside of EA, and that, quote, will never guess who the studio is that's making this game. On the podcast, uh, the insider says... Amongst my digging, I heard there is a Knights of the Old Republic project in development somewhere. I talked to a couple of people and I also found out that Jason Schreier said that it's not with EA and will never guess who the studio is that's making this game. And then later on uh, Reset Era, Wushu Studios' Nate Nadia uh, also respond to this. So as a, another developer, so it's kind of a inside you know, source on the other side, on the game side rather than the Star Wars side, saying, quote, it's not as mysterious as you think. It's just not a household name; most people are aware of. So, corroborating the rumor that the game's in development, and corroborating the idea that it's, uh, you know, that it's that we'll never guess who it is. Brandon Tyrell. I there aren't a lot of studios <laughs> that I would trust with a co-tour. What do you make of this? Yeah, I,
3: that's strange. I mean, we we already had the week of Star Wars game media blitz, right? So yeah. I'm I'm surprised we didn't hear about this. I wonder if they're saving this for E3 or or whatever E3 ends up being this year. Um, right? I don't know. Obsidian, in Exile. Like if we're if we're talking Microsoft Studios, I like well,
0: those are the ones you guess. That's the problem, right? Well, those are RPG think, studios. You know, if,
3: if you're looking at the the second point of that, it's though neither of those I would consider household names, right? so yeah. i don't know like <laughs> is turn 10 making a, a star wars code it may not even be you know a, i mean certainly it's more likely than not that it's not a a first party microsoft yeah. studio so um i don't know it's interesting uh, i am <laughs> very curious i'm very Camp? curious to see who it can be
2: uh I have like I have no idea because it's I... not e- if it's not EA or Bioware and I know like you tweeted out uh Ryan, like Larian would probably be the one that makes sense to me, but they're working on Baldur's Gate 3. Um and I just I don't know. I yeah, I, I'm I'm in a very similar boat um with Ryan where like I think only very specific studios I can see like trustworthy on working on uh a Kotor a new KOTOR title, um, and if it's not a household name, then, like... I, I mean, I think Obsidian's a household name. I feel like I most people you talk to knows who Obsidian is, um, but I can, you know, I think it, I, I think it does, like, it's kind of like 50-50 on that end, depending on, like, who you're talking to specifically, but I think most people know who Obsidian uh, Entertainment is, but even so, like, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, it's just, I guess we'll wait and see right now, but I, I want a new KOTOR, and I hope that, like, Whatever, whoever it is, um, really like knows what they're doing.
0: Uh, Miranda, could it be? I mean, because K- KOTOR, they're Western RPGs, but they're they were like turn based combat. Could it be a Japanese RPG
1: developer, maybe? No, that'd be kind of cool. That would um, be- I would be interested to see how that would change things. So for context, I never got to play KOTOR and I was definitely one of those people who oh, was asking. Like, Next Google excuse me, say, Google is like, is oh, do you, need, do you need, do you need something? That is my Google Home <laughs> Yeah,
3: it's,
1: it's really a long thing, I'm so sorry. This is what happens when you work from home I'm meeting myself, I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> no worries, Okay, keep going. Okay. She
1: steps, okay. Um, I apologize. I actually never go I'm so sorry. Um, I never I feel really bad.
3: I think mean, that's the best moment of the show so far. Yeah, would you like <laughs> us to sorry. add a Star Wars to your shopping <laughs> list?
1: I actually don't even know what she's talking about. Okay, um, I, I never got to play Coach Horse. I was one of those people, just making sure it doesn't ask. It's not saying anything. I'm so
0: sorry. You Miranda's going to be whispering in the mic, hiding from her Google. <laughs> okay. assistant.
1: She can hear us. <laughs> It's supposed to be her- she's just supposed to remind me to clean the cat litter. That's the it. All is anyway. coming from inside the house. <laughs> um, so I always ask, so it's like, Oh, is it really worth playing Kotor in 2020? I am actually that that was literally a uh first result whenever you search Kotor, um, and I don't really know. I've always heard that it's kind of a hard thing to get back to. People are like, oh, well, if you download mods, if you do these things. No. And I kind of just feel like if it it is a new one, like a reboot, a fresh re-entry to the series, or just brings us up to like modern standards, that would be really cool. As long as I think it keeps like maybe the heart of what you guys love about it. Because Ryan, I honestly do want to experience whatever you got to play whenever it first came out. So that's, that's what I want to know. Um, as far as the studio who's doing it, Part of me thinks that it's going to be something that or a studio that maybe doesn't work on RPGs as much as we'd expect them to because it's something that we'll never guess, right? And so I think they're looking at studios that don't do those aren't necessarily as known for RPGs. Um, so whenever I think of anything that's sort of like open world, and it's weird to say Dusty. I was like, oh, I was thinking about like the desert planets and anything. I was like, but what about... Avalanche Studios could maybe do something cool. They did Mad Max, and I really liked that game. And I think I would interest, I'd be interested to see what they do with like a big RPG. But I don't really know. I think the whole trick of we'll never guess. It's a, this is a challenge, but also is this
0: a challenge
1: you want to take? Yeah. <laughs> Can we just wait to see if this happens?
3: I think that's a really good point. It's like it is a challenge, but is it really a game you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> the only way to win is not to play.
0: Well, Miranda, let me ask you this: Have you had, uh, at some point in time, have you had the story spoiled for you at all for kotor? No. Actually, so, no.
2: Okay. Oh man. Oh,
0: play oh it. man. Play it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to play it. Really then. it. You, no, you really got to no, play I'm not it, now spoil it. i I would no. never do that. No, yeah. no, 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 no,
1: not you. Everyone else out there, please don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> also, play Outer Wilds, but
0: <laughs> like, I mean, you could just download it for ten bucks. Uh, right. It's it's playable on you know, it's original Xbox. It's backwards compatible, but yeah, or you could just download it on PC and it would run, you know, even better. Um, but it's, I mean, every, pretty much everything's real time now in most modern, especially Western RPGs Mm -hmm. and Kotor's not, but I love, I actually really love the combat system. Like where you're, you're, uh, you can pause combat, you can stack attacks, you know, it's, it's really clever combat and the whole light side, dark side choice and dichotomy. And you can, Oh man. Like you can, you can double cross a guy that you double crossed. Like you can triple cross someone. It is, uh, it was the first game that I ever remember where you could, you, the game, like you could actually be evil and the game would fully support those choices and not just like, actually you're really just being good and like, no, it's, you can go full dark side, which I did. And it was so good. Uh, yeah. I would, I would wholeheartedly encourage you to still
1: okay.
0: play it in 2021. Okay. It's really Noted. good. Noted. It's my, it is my favorite role-playing game of all time. Ooh. Followed pretty closely by that same team's mass effect one.
1: Yes. I will say I do huge mass effect fan. I love it very much. I, I really like Bioware's games, so I think it is probably something I should put on my list of, this yeah. is something I'm going to maybe go back to. I try to go back to a few games every year, so we're just game studying this for whatever reason, so that, that might be one of them.
0: Now, that said, we were talking a little bit about this off-air, and this was me. This I'm going to go into old man yelling at a cloud mode for a, sec- <laughs> uh, for a second. Assuming, since this does sound like it's happening, uh, my my <laughs> default assumption is that this will be full. This game will be like, in some way, designed around like live service, microtransaction, some kind of annoying oh. 21st century modern long tail game design BS that's just gonna make me mad. Like, <laughs> like if you not. play if you play Mass Effect or Kotor one or Kotor two for that matter, they're just self contained 40 hour role playing games. Without any outside interference or any of that stuff, and they're just they're just awesome standalone things and I feel like now games, especially big big budget big name games just aren't made that way anymore mm-hmm. uh they're all built with monetization hooks in them. I just feel like there's it, there's gonna be something about this that annoys the heck out of me, but again, I'm an old man. I just hope that if this with this if this project's indeed moving forward it's got to have a really really strong story in it i mean that's i know that goes for any rpg really but especially if there's going to be another kotor after ultimately it's probably going to be 20 years because the first one was yeah the first one was
2: 2003
0: i yeah, believe that sounds right that sounds right i believe so- it was oh three so, yeah, and there, there's no way, if the EA deal doesn't end until 2023, so it's going to be 20 years, maybe 21, maybe 22. They've got to bring an incredibly strong story. So whoever you are out there, mystery developer, if you're hearing this, please don't let us down. There's a lot, there's a lot of hope and, hope and faith riding on this one. Uh, Miranda, were you looking to jump in there?
1: I was going to say, I'll be an optimist in the rumor and say that, you know, Although those, you know, very annoying mechanics sometimes do come in. I'd say there's a fair number of games that don't have them these days. And it's okay to be a little optimistic about it. So I'm yes. going to be optimistic about You're this right. this potential for something different. And again, this is a rumor, so we have no idea.
2: That's true. You know, we, like, the more recent Assassin's Creed games, like, they do have those things, but they're not remotely mandatory. And it's still, like, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like me and Brennan, uh, talked about it on Review Crew. Like, great game. Like... You know, that it's there, but not not an option, which is which is fine with me. It's the best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like if you if you want to put microtransactions in your game or, you know, have some sort of live monetization uh, structure, totally cool. But just if I don't want to see it, like I I shouldn't feel impacted by it. And I I think that's the way to go. But I think the real question is how many V-Bucks it'll cost to change your lightsaber color.
2: I almost, I almost Damn walked it. away from this desk. <laughs> I almost walked away from this desk right
3: now. <laughs> I not much add for KOTOR. I played it like 15 years ago and don't remember it. So
0: building your lightsaber in that game. I mean, it was okay. cool. Yeah, it was very cool. That. I know some of you might be like, spoiler, like, well, duh, you build a lightsaber in a, in a, in a 40 hour Star Wars role playing game. <laughs> it's really fun. That quest, that whole process is really fun. Sassy Ryan is my
2: favorite Ryan.
0: <laughs> and you can pick your color. You can customize your lightsaber color.
1: Can it be purple?
2: Yeah. I believe yes, so. Purple. <gasps> purple, yes. Go for Actually, I feel friendly. like I
1: looked up, at this list. Some, no. That was a different game. Different Star Wars game. But yay.
0: All <laughs> right. Uh, let's move on. Hey, Brandon Tyrell. <laughs> hey, this one on? is up your or not my alley specifically. Cam, are you a big Diablo guy?
2: No. Diablo Spiders. No. Can't play them.
0: All right. Can't okay. That's true. Understandable. So, Brandon... I got to go to you first on this. Uh, This was a rumor that actually IGN ran a story on late last year, 2020, and it's back in a much bigger way uh, in a much more confirmed way. So Vicarious Visions, the developer that's done uh, some great original stuff like Skylanders (laughs) and some great remake and remaster stuff like most recently the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remaster that was very well regarded, uh, the Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy remasters, etc. Now, now they're under Activision. You've got Activision Blizzard, of course, is one company, but they are, they do kind of operate separately. Well, Vicarious Visions is being merged into Blizzard uh, and they are apparently that that's that's fact. Now, the rumor portion comes with this part. Mm-hmm. They are apparently now they've been handed to the reins and they are leading the charge on a Diablo 2 remake which will be allegedly coming to consoles as well as pc uh this was reported by bloomberg up until 2020 the diablo 2 remake was set to be developed by blizzard's team one which is located at its irvine california campus and was the go-to group for reworking classic games its latest title warcraft 3 reforged was not received positively and currently has a 59 on metacritic which also happens to be Blizzard's lowest score to date. Uh, so yeah, now w- it's being handed; it's apparently been handed over to Vicarious, and the Diablo II remake's a real thing.
3: Yeah, I can't. Re- I can't recall there was a specific reason Warcraft Three didn't do well. The Reforged was it yeah. like the cinematics, or it just wasn't? It wasn't remastered? I can't. I can't remember the exact reason. But
2: <laughs> I heard besides, it was just bad. I just heard wa- it was, was like it? pretty. I just heard it was pretty bad across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Was beside the point. um, I mean, bringing on Vicarious Visions to do like if there's any company that has the catalog to dip into remasters and like rehashing their old games, it's Blizzard, and you know it's clearly the direction they've been going for a while now. Warcraft three, Diablo, um, even like WoW Classic, right? So. It it fits. It makes sense. Uh, I I think we're going to continue to see more of this. Obviously, WoW has many more expansions that they're going to uh, seemingly remaster, and you know, with Diablo, I think bringing on a team to touch D two in a way that um, improves upon it, I think, is important because of how uh, close that game is to a lot of people's hearts. Like Ryan, I I know you're a huge fan of it. I'm I'm a huge fan of D two
0: in my it's in my personal top five of all time yeah it's it's that high up for me
3: um so i you know i think it's something to be excited about now i I don't know the timeline on that right i I think every year i predict that we're gonna see a d2 remaster and a d4 announcement at blizzcon um and every year i just cry into into a pillow for (laughs) a good 10 minutes Uh, so i'm not gonna do that this year instead i'm gonna say um it's I would be shocked if they're not uh, leveraging the talent and the expertise of Vicarious Visions to work on D2. Um, I don't know when that's coming, but I think that would be uh, better for it in, in the, uh, the end product would be better for it. And uh, God, I just thinking about it, I'm so excited to see like completely redone cinematics of just always West, always walking West, you know, um, God, that game is good. I'm excited for it. I, I think it's cool.
0: It's uh now I wonder. Or if to this east,
3: was, sorry, did I say west?
0: <laughs> I meant east. I, I wonder if uh, <laughs> if this was originally planned to be part of like a 20th anniversary celebration, which was last year, because uh, it was June of 2000 that Diablo 2 came out. Maybe, yeah. maybe not, but obviously the pandemic got in the way, and clearly there were, according to Bloomberg's report, the these development issues uh, in which Vicarious was brought in. I mean uh interestingly this isn't the first time that that blizzard has straight up folded in a developer an external developer that was working on something for them if you guys remember uh starcraft ghost which never came out uh they first it was an internal team then it was an external team and then they brought it they folded that external team whose name i i'm completely blanking on now um they brought them in and the game still never came out but Hopefully, this Diablo 2 remake fares better. Um, yeah, Miranda, is that did you ever have a chance to play 2, or, or is 3 your first one?
1: Uh, 3 was my first one, and I didn't really enjoy it, so I didn't bother playing any of the other ones. Yeah,
3: sure. yeah uh, three, 3 went down that road where it changed it for more of a story-driven thing, like Ryan was saying, into a yeah. more games as a service driven thing. So I, I'm totally with you as well. Like if you got into Diablo with three, there's a marked difference between two and three.
1: Right. I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people love it but I think just yeah, the story didn't really hook me and the mechanics early on weren't mm. my kind of game, I guess you could say. It just didn't hook me as well and I kind of was playing in the ideal setting as well. Like I had one of my best friends with me and we're just kind of running around and just like, eh, I don't ever feel the need to come back to this but I'm glad I experienced it Now I know what it's about. But hopefully they do well with uh, this remake if it's happening.
0: Yeah, I mean if if Vicarious nails this, I would I would say they would probably cement their place as like the, the remaster the re- remaster remake kings alongside Blue Point, right? Bluepoint's really known for that uh, from doing you know various Sony and Nintendo things over the years and doing a, a just a killer job on on bringing. Ooh classic things back. But uh this so as reported by gamesindustry.biz, as far as the merger into Blizzard from Activision goes for Vicarious, the Vicarious Visions team of about 200 people will now be employees of Blizzard and are, quote, fully dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives, end quote. This means Vicarious Visions will no longer be creating games as creating games as a lead developer. So um They are a support studio, but they're very talented. So they they will hopefully be making Blizzard better starting with this Diablo 2 remaster because, God, they've got to... If they don't get this right, then I'm going to... I might be at the front of the pitchfork and torch mob if they don't get this one right. (laughs) But um, I will say just on a final note with this, uh, the... Creator, the original creator of Diablo and also Diablo 2, David Brevik, I had him on my interview show, IGN Unfiltered, a couple of years ago. And I brought this up like the idea of what, if this came back, what, you know, how would you feel about it? And I'm totally paraphrasing here, but he said that because of the way the game was like physically built, that it would be tough to bring it back. Uh, like in a remaster kind of form on modern platforms with just, you know, different like <clears throat> 16 by 9 aspect ratio and right. ev- everything else. And so uh, it's then it, it does sound like this this Diablo 2 uh, resurrection will be a, a remake, which is uh, Brandon, I think you'd agree is. There's a higher ceiling on that for how good it can be, or, you know, which we've seen with like Resident Evil, the Resident Evil remakes. Yeah, but and also a, a lower, and a lower
3: floor. Yeah. yeah, the uh, margin for error is much larger when you're remaking something, but um, it also, I mean, depending on how much time and resources you have, a remake I think tends to have better results than remasters, True. at least as far as presentation is concerned. There's only so much you can do when you're remastering, I imagine. Like having never done one myself, but. Uh, seen enough of them to know that there are some really underwhelming remasters out there. But if you have a remake, there are, there are many bad remakes out there as well. Um, but I think more often than not, they come off in a way that is, uh, you know, it hits that, that those two notes that are super important in a remake, which is modernization and nostalgia. And if you, can, if you can nail both of those, then I think your remake has a really good shot. So again, I know I sound like a broken record. I am super excited. Like that game... That game was many, many hours for me. So,
0: yeah, I can't wait. Go ahead. If they if they nail it, it'll it'll probably be my personal game of the year. If they nail it, <laughs> Jesus, right? <laughs> what? You're already what? <laughs> no. I didn't. you like, already you're already that. Think like I said personal, right. not not necessarily the thing I would vote for, yeah. and I you know in an IGN yeah. thing, but just for for me because of what the what that game means to me.
2: I hear you. Yeah, I hear yeah, you. No, yeah, no, I think that's yeah. fine. Like you. You, like, you know, I think going into every year, you have, like, an, based off the games that are announced, like, you have an idea, like, oh, this game will probably be my game of the year by the end of the year. Like, yeah. that was that was me with Final Fantasy VII Remake last year, and it ended up being my game of the year. Like, you know, it, it just happens.
0: The the game I hope I'm casting my ballot for is Halo Infinite. Like, that's... I want Halo Infinite to be so good yep. that it's, like, my no-brainer vote on IGN for game of the year. But just, like, you know, for, for my... Uh, for my personal like I would be thrilled if if the Diablo 2 remake was so good that that it was that that was like my my Ryan Award game of the year yeah 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 uh all right Resident Evil Village, aka Resident Evil 8. Cam, have you played the Maiden demo? I know it's on PS5, it's sadly uh, not, uh, the demo's not on Xbox.
2: Yeah, it's on on PS5, I have a PS5. I haven't played the demo, uh, personally, uh, because I haven't played Resident Evil 7. So like, I, 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 I watched the showcase, and I really like Resident Evil from what I've played, but most of them have spiders in them, so I can't play most of them, but I played RE2 Remake, Really enjoyed that, and I know that, um, and you know. So I, I kind of want to, at the very least, maybe get uh, a recap on the story of Seven, and then go into Eight, hoping that there are no spiders, and then uh, and enjoy that because, like, I am digging everything I'm seeing about this game. Like, I'm not a big horror gamer at all. Like, I'm very much a scaredy cat when it comes to most horror games. But like, everything I saw in the showcase, I'm like, this looks incredible. Like, the the environments, the just like the everything the aesthetic it looks great and i can you know they said that that there's a lot of uh, inspiration and design from resident evil 4 which is highly considered like the best resident evil game uh so there's just like a lot to look forward to like even the shot going into the into the like main lobby of this mansion is like it's gorgeous looks like a gorgeous game um i really am looking forward to hoping to enjoy this game when it drops in may and um i i will I, i probably will uh download the maiden demo but at the very least they did say that there is a demo coming to both platforms later on that will probably be more game, like, you know, actual game, bl- uh, gameplay combat uh, oriented. So uh, that I'm looking forward to.
0: So yes, Xbox gamers. Thank you for mentioning that. We'll have a chance to try it. I imagine, I don't think they gave a date for that. Right. But I, no. I would imagine it's in April if the game's out. May, yeah. So it's May 7th is the release date. That's, that's the, the news here for Xbox fans is uh May 7th. It's, which is really one of the first concrete release dates for a big next-gen game. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, they, on that same showcase last week, they did also announce that it's coming to Xbox One uh, and PS4 day and date as well. So it, it was originally announced as a next-gen exclusive. It will now. It turns out it will be a cross-gen game, uh, Miranda. I know you're going to be first in line to play the spooky Resident Evil <laughs> Village
1: no (laughs) uh uh, you know next question the designs are cool but i'm i'm too scared i don't want to necessarily stress myself out however i think i've actually come around to enjoying watching people play horror games more one of my friends started streaming horror games and I just, like, wanted to support her and watch. And so, like, I'll watch behind... I grab one of my journals near me. My cat's biting me. I'm sorry. Uh, and I'll just hide behind it, like, when it gets scary. And that, that helps me. And then Ari bites me, and it's fine. And-, and then we turn off the game, and then we, go- we walk away. Um, that's actually something that I'm a little worried about as far as, like, the medium. I'm worried about how scary it's going to be. Uh, and so I've kind of taken to watching horror things in daylight hours only. <laughs> so yeah, I have time fair. to chill out. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it looks really cool. And I know people are so excited about it. And I think I just, it's like we we're saying, I feed off their excitement, but I just really get excited that people are excited about these things. And I, I try to listen to what they're anticipating as far as just like game design and like neat things. I think the horror structure for games and just the horror story structure is really interesting uh, and unique. And you have to do it differently than you design other things. So uh, that's what I like learning about it from friends and other people who do enjoy these. But Otherwise, I'm just like, wow, cool designs. Can't play that.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I love that Resident Evil has gone first person because I just, Mm -hmm. I dig first person games more. Like, I don't have anything against (laughs) third person games. I just like the immersion factor Mm -hmm. of first person. So um, yeah, looking forward to Resident Evil 8. And the other quick part of the news here for Xbox fans is that if you do buy Resident Evil 8 on Xbox One, and then at some point later you get uh, you upgrade to a series x or series s smart delivery will up make that upgrade for you for free so that's uh, that's cool it's good to see a major third party game support smart delivery because that's that's a big you know it's important it's important that it's not just the first party games that are that are supporting smart delivery so good on capcom on that now uh, speaking of release dates one other one also for may may 25th cam <laughs> biomutant uh have you have you yeah. followed this one too much over the the last few years because it definitely looks intriguing
2: i have it looks yeah it looks interesting but just something about it just doesn't isn't really clicking with me and then it just kept on getting delayed and delayed and then we just didn't hear anything about it and i i, I hear that like it definitely has a lot of potential but for me that's definitely just a wait and see how that is received how it like how the gameplay uh ends up looking in in the final in the final build it's it, it's just uh I don't know for me it's just one of those games where uh that's come out this year that it's a we'll wait and see like I don't need to buy this day one I don't need to uh like you know get super hyped on it it's just we'll see how things turn out and uh go from there
0: brandon, did you see this at a convention at some point? am I remembering that right i
3: I've, I've never played this no, no i mean okay. i <clears throat> I set up the showcases with biomutant every year for our, our events. But um, that's largely because there's (laughs) not a whole lot of info about it because they usually go six, eight months without updates. And then, you know, as cam said, it's been delayed so long. So um, I'm almost, you know, outside of the coverage that we've done that I've, I've watched, I'm almost going into it dark and I kind of agree with cam. It's very intriguing. It's interesting. Kind of like a Neo meets, Uh, Sorry, Neo from the Matrix um, meets like (laughs) woodland critters and like old kung fu movies with robots. And it's like a weird watership down kind of element to it. So uh, there's a lot to be interested in there. Again, uh, like Cam said, I don't envision myself you know grabbing this one immediately i think i'm very curious to see reviews on it yeah we we actually just got a press release that they're doing a collectors edition for like 400 bucks that what? comes with a, it comes with a statue and they my first thought, yeah my first thought is like the marketing has not supported that right like nobody really knows anything about this game and if you're selling a massive statue um you need to have a certain amount of hype build up around your game so um i i I'm very, very curious. I, I think it could be cool, and I will absolutely give it the benefit of the doubt. But I wanna, I wanna see how it, how it uh, reviews
2: first. There, yeah, there, there, yeah seems go ahead, Cam. Be, there seems to be an ongoing trend with THQ Nordic uh, with these absurdly expensive collector's editions. Like yeah. they did it with SpongeBob, and like I'm a big like, SpongeBob. Huge SpongeBob fan, and I was just like, and I saw those like three statues uh, together for like three hundred some dollars, and like, I love SpongeBob, but I am not paying that much money for for that. Like, you know, for for a remaster of a of a you know a, a good PS2 SpongeBob game, and then like Dark uh, darksiders Genesis was like this abs- like this absurdly expensive uh collector's edition with a that came with a board game, like it was a board game that you could only get in this collector's edition. So it's like uh, it's like one of those things. Like I get, I, I don't know, like I, I feel like. THQ Nordic so far has, like, made out, like, has released good, but, like, not great games overall. So it's just, that's another factor of why I'm, like, kind of hesitant on Biomutant. It's just, like, just since THQ Nordic has been a thing, their games have received generally well, but nothing that, like, I think is worth, like, praising. So um, I think that's another, like, factor uh, that I'm putting into perspective as well.
3: Yeah, I, I do like their catalog that they've acquired... Or, or built up over time, has such a high ceiling. I mean, BioMutant, um, Destroy All Humans, the Dark series—like they, they've got a lot of franchises that could do really, really awesome gangbusters. Um, some of them have been great. Some of them haven't. Um, so, it really, like you know, that kind of pedigree for a new IP for something that's had such a strange development cycle—I think we're all waiting on. Uh, I did find the press release. Uh, for this collector's edition, it comes with a high-detail diorama, 23 inches long, 10 inches wide, 12 inches high. The game, steelbook, t-shirt, oversized mouse pad, artwork, fabric, a soundtrack, and the premium box for woo, 400 euros, $400, and 350 pounds. That's a lot of money for a game that we haven't seen a whole lot of in a long time.
0: Yep. That's... That's almost seven games. Seven games, you could I mean seven sixty dollar games.
2: Like yeah, like I don't want to say I don't wanna like yeah. I can I can admit that I've dropped I dropped a lot. I've <laughs> dropped a lot of here money like, like, on some Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, like when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, like for those that don't know, big Kingdom Hearts fan here, uh, I spent like I spent, like, I got the PS4 Pro, I got, like, the Bring Arts, like, Square Enix Store Collector's Edition, which was, like, $230, too, on top of that, and then I bought the Deluxe Edition for Xbox, so I spent a whole lot of money on Kingdom Hearts 3, like, don't, you know, I waited 15 years for it, but, like, you know, uh, but, like, $400 for a game that we've hardly seen anything about, like, I don't, I can't believe if anyone would drop money on that, like, straight away, like, if someone saw it today and's, like, I'm pre-ordering that right now, I'm be like, That's exactly
3: exactly right. Like if this was Kratos and the boy and Thor and they were punching each other on a mountain, like charge 500 bucks. People will buy it. Absolutely. But it's it's about, you know, weird woodland critters with psionic kung fu abilities. And that is awesome. But nobody knows anything about it, you know?
0: Well, and that's so now we'll see if uh, their PR and marketing campaign ramps up. I do imagine we'll see it soon because. Brandon, you know, is uh, better than anyone. Uh, along with me, is on the you know kind of preview side of of IGN. That they've been quiet with that game for a long time. They've just been busy developing it. They're a new team, so yeah. you know, more power to them taking the time they need. And and they're finally gonna like that game was unveiled, Shoot, uh, I believe, like in twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. 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 So it's been, it earlier. Like, so long, a, yeah. It'll be about over three and a half years between the unveiling when they first showed it. And when it's actually out. So that's, that's a long time. And uh, so hopefully we'll be seeing more on it soon. And yeah, hopefully it's going to live up to its promises. Uh, all right. Real quick before we get to the loot box. Games with Gold for February. Speaking of Xbox Live Gold, if you've got your gold subscription this month, Gears 5, Resident Evil, uh, the remake of the original. And this is funny. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, which we were talking about very oh, recently. I I last year last major Indiana Jones game. I'm sure that's a coincidence that (laughs) that, uh, Microsoft is dropping the last indie game after their studio is announced to be making the next one. And then, uh, so that was February 1st and then Dandara Trials of Fear and Lost Planet 2 on the middle of the month, February 16th. Guys, this seems like the best games with gold in a while. Miranda?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how you wouldn't have played Gears 5 by now, but if you haven't, so on games with golf.
0: Yeah, if you're not a Game Pass yes. subscriber, here's your chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game uh Gears 5, Resident Evil, uh, you know, uh the An uh, Ian Jones game, that's cool. Uh, you know, I might look into that myself. Uh The Lost Planet. I know that some people like really uh like those games. Uh, I really so. enjoyed them, yeah. If yeah. you like
3: shooting bugs in the Arctic, Lost Planet is for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a pitch. Doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't, <laughs> sound <laughs> for me.
3: doesn't sound for me then. <laughs> yeah, not a for game. sure. Yeah. Not well, a cam jam. It gives you the opportunity to exact your your right revenge. So right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh you that's have true. the power.
1: That's they have to be scared of you now.
3: Plus they all have like convenient glowing spots on their body that's where true. the bullets make oh, okay. them okay. make them hurt extra bad. So
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, game, some good stuff on games with gold this month. And with that, let's get to the loot box. Joe from the UK is on Yappa. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, guys, Joe here from the UK. Absolutely love the show. Um, Side note, by the way, Ryan liked my tweet the other week uh, and I was in my Xbox group chat on WhatsApp You know, I was proper gloating. They were jealous. I was flexing. It was fantastic. So thank you for that, Ryan. A quick question for you. (laughs) Often we see halfway through a term, Xbox will release kind of an updated version of the console. Of course, we saw the Xbox Elite, as you all know. Um, I'm keen to understand from you guys, what would you want to see with the Xbox Series X Elite or whatever it's going to be called? Um, What upgrades would you want to see? We've heard rumors about the remote control match and what PlayStation are doing. Uh, Keen to get your view. Love the show. Keep it going. Look forward to it every week. Cheers, guys. Joe, thank you so much. And I am more than happy to have helped you, uh, you know, have something to do to brag about with your friends. So the Xbox Series X, X. Cam, oh. what do you want to see out of this
2: thing? Uh, realistically, I don't think that is going to actually happen. Uh if you ask me, I think that this, uh, I don't know. I feel like we got that message, uh, going into this gen that This is kind of be, this is kind of like what to like, this was like a big upgrade and this is like what we're going to be sticking with, like for the next, like, you know, five, five ish years. Um, it, when it comes to like the whole, uh, feedback survey about like dual sense and like those haptic feedback things, um, Uh, for an Xbox controller, I don't, even if there was a new console, I don't think that would come with a new controller that would be like, that would have those implementations, I think that would be more for, uh, the Elite Series 3 when that eventually comes out, um, so, that's, that's my personal, uh, Viewpoint, But if, if there was, like, I mean, obviously, if there was, hypothetically, a, an X2 or whatever, you know, a new Series X, like, obviously, you know, uh, more storage, you know, uh, maybe, like, you know, faster processor, just the things that just make it more powerful than it already massively is, so.
0: Miranda, how about you? What what would you uh, be looking for out of a mid-cycle refresh this time around?
1: Well, I somewhat agree with you, Kim, on maybe Haptic and other controller advancements being part of an elite series three i think if microsoft would want to implement those features in their games more they would have to include it in more controllers than something that is like viewed as an optional upgrade so i could see them maybe integrating that in another generation um i i think you're totally on the point with just those basic standard upgrades like if you look at your psa and say what am i going to upgrade next those sorts of things are going to get that just for boosted in performance um, I don't really know where we stand on the graphics front. It's like we already have four K. We already have a great frame rate. I think at that point I'm just sort of like looking at the at the box itself, like how can you make this smaller? How can you make it quieter? Can we get it back to a cube, a game cube, you could say, but with <laughs> a different name? Maybe they'll just do something it'd be really funny cube. if they're like Xbox Series G <laughs> <laughs> or Xbox Series C. I don't know what you would do with that. What 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 would they use would be x squared x squared X about
0: how about qb like capital q lowercase b cube i think x squared squared works on like
3: three different levels and that is genius marketing if anyone is listening at microsoft
1: yes you you can't have that one for free but (laughs) (laughs) make (laughs) check check
3: table too
1: yes um (laughs) i would like some new fountain pens um but (laughs) no 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 um that aside, I do think there are always those checkbox things of, I mean, that's what we, we wait for them to tell us too, right? It's like how you optimize this console to be even better than PCs. Like how do you make this competitive with something that I can build of my own and make it better? Um, and so that's kind of what I always look for because honestly, like thinking about technology, getting creative in that space is really challenging. Like sometimes I just think about it, it's like, well, what would I want? And it's at that point where it's like, I kind of need you to help me figure that out too. Like, I think we, like controller advancements are a nice integrated thing that we see have another layer of immersion, but I don't know, they could like look at VR again. Honestly, I don't know if that's really something that I'm into, but there's a lot of options. I think they could go for, and It just depends on like where they want to push the game space forward, I think.
0: Well, good stuff. Joe, thank you so much for your Yappa. If you want to participate, if you want to be featured on Unlocked, Leave a YAPA video comment on the at the bottom of the article for this episode. So just Google IGN unlocked 479. Scroll down till you see the comments, and it's right above the comments. And there's a number of ways you can log in without having to make a YAPA account. So do that, and we'll feature you and your question on a upcoming episode. Uh, Turbo round here for trivia. We are almost out of time. This is a good one, though. Matthew from West Yorkshire in the UK asks, which of these is not a species of piñata in Viva Piñata? I'm hoping Miranda's going to come through on this one. I, I I could see this being a good cam question as well. No, so here not. we go. Viva Piñata. One of these is fake, and the other three are actually in the game. Was it Cinnamonkey, Chunicorn, Fudgion, or Gooba? Which of those is not the real Viva Piñata piñata? Brandon, I'll go your way first. Why? Because
3: uh, um,
0: <laughs> quickly we gotta go. B re-
3: B B. Unicorn. Final okay. answer. I have All no. All right,
2: uh, Cam. And do you have any idea on this one? No, but I ha- I see a theme, and I see one that is missing that theme. So I'm gonna go Guba. Yeah, okay. Too. Miranda,
0: any thoughts here?
1: I don't remember. I really don't, and I feel bad. Uh, I'm just gonna be different, and I'll go with Ace and a monkey, which I think okay. that is a thing. So who can say?
0: Sadly, none of you got it. Uh, uh, of course it's, it's, oh, it's uh, On. Oh, yeah. you, you all picked actual Viva Pinata Pinatas. So Matthew, yes, okay.
1: I I you stumped them.
0: everybody. <laughs> well done, Matthew. Uh, if you want to try and stump the panel with an Xbox trivia question, send it in to unlocked at IGN.com. And please include four multiple choice answers, note the correct one, in your email. And with that, uh, it is time to wrap up. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, We do have the first 18 minutes of the medium up on IGN and on IGN's YouTube right now. If you just want to see, if you're trying to decide, yeah, should I play it? Maybe take a look at the beginning of it. See what you think. uh, Look for that. And Brandon Tyrell.
3: Uh, I'm Brandon Tyrell. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell um also we have a cool video uh, about resident evil and what it would look like if the current resident evils were back in the like static shots uh i found yeah. it really really interesting as a huge fan uh of resident evil 2 on n64 uh that speaks to me so go check that out as well miranda
1: i'm Miranda, and you can find me... surprised you didn't know that you can find me at happy gross topic with the k on instagram twitter twitch all those places um as far as guides go we are working on a bunch of folder guides right now, which is pretty fun. So please use your guides if you need help, and if there are guides that you're like, "Hey, why don't you guys have this? This would be great." Maybe let me know on Twitter, and maybe we'll make it happen. Who can say? But we do have a new Stardew Valley guide, and that's exciting for me.
0: Excellent, love that. Cam, where can we? Where can people now that they love you? Where can they follow you? You're going to be here for a while, but uh, go ahead and promote yourself.
2: Yeah, uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at CamFinalMix. Uh, I stream on Twitch from Tuesdays to Fridays, 1 to 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, twitch.tv slash CamFinalMix. And I write for DualShockers at DualShockers.com. You can follow DualShockers at DualShockers on Twitter. Um, and then for those in the UK, just a little small thing, I actually have a- an editorial coming up. And the next issue of Switch Player Magazine, which is a UK magazine. So uh, it's on Super Mario 3D World. So you can keep an eye on that. I know it's not Xbox related, but that is something uh, that is coming soon for you UK folks.
0: Yeah, uh, Good stuff this week, everybody. Do your homework. Play the medium. We'll talk all about that next week. So until then, for Cam, Brandon, and Miranda, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 479. We'll see you next time.
1: Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my
2: family on the story train with calm conductor Bertie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.